For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about itty bitty podcast. A podcast. Merry Mini Monday, Chunkies. I'm Carter. <laughs> I'm Josh. And I'm Jordan. Did I do that again? You did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All you heard was that. Ow. Ow. Like Yoshi. It's, like it's the, just Yoshi. Have we talked about how I can do a pretty dead on impersonation of that stick? Like the stick where you would flip it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're percent positive. That I'm we pretty sure you were the hunk to... one time for that. Wow. Yeah, because the little one is like. <laughs> 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 oh, guys, I'm delirious. I am oh, on cloud nine because Loki season finale is. Uh, we'll start with uh, a good friend of mine said it's basically a 40 minute post credit scene in the MCU. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. I think the best thing for us to do is just dive right in, which is really exactly what the finale did in comparison to the episode before it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we went basically straight to the castle. Um, and it's how I play Mario as well. It felt like longer to me, this episode, than its actual runtime because I think I was yeah. just so alert. I think that I was like just opening, so yeah, ready. that opening sequence, like zooming through the. The timeline. Yes. The, so cool. Our particular universe that we're familiar with inside that sacred timeline was such a cool opening. It was. That was incredible. Yeah. Time is a flat circle, turns out. Just by Turns the way. out. Turns out McConaughey knew it all along. Yeah. I think I watched probably 70 to 80% of this episode not actually making the noise, but spiritually just going, oh. <laughs> Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, pretty much from the moment that Miss Minutes popped up and was like, hey, y'all, looking for he who remains? It's like, <laughs> oh, interesting. And then Jonathan Major's face popped up on my screen and like, I lost it. Yeah, like, and then he's, this is just his, it's a monologue for Jonathan yep. Major's. Yeah. Like the entire episode, which I just couldn't believe. I know. If, if you were in our highest level of Patreon, you would know in our Discord chat, we have a discussion about Loki. We've got like a Loki thread. And I have thrown percentages out there as to if we would see this character. And they were very low. Like I, I, was, yeah. so, I was so wrong in my and own I predictions. Th I think that's the most exciting 
thing for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to super pump the series. So the most exciting, the, the, my favorite thing about the series of Loki is uh, outside of it just being a, a wild and really excellent watching experience. Yeah. Uh, this has solidified for me that the MCU is not playing around with the TV shows. I think, right. yeah, and it really had everything to do with this final episode because I don't think there is a more influential forty minutes so far to the MCU as what we had right now. I think it opened up so much for their future plans, and basically, they wrote on the dotted line in pen. Uh, something along the lines of like, what, $50 yeah. billion? Like, I think they're going to make yeah. so much money. And a lot of it will have to do with this decision to just get out there and and do things. Yeah, uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to give us stuff we don't expect uh, in That's something true. that continues to do that and, and deliver in the way that it did. So yeah, my super pump is just the gall to just mm. freaking do it for a TV show. Yep, my super pump, I was going to use the word chutzpah. My, my super pump is the courage to put all of their eggs and show all of their cards in a TV show in something that is clear. Like, it's not that the MCU is like, we're TV now. It's just like, we are also TV now. seems to be yeah. the sentiment. And they really proved it with Loki sort of showing the roadmap for the way a lot of this is going to go. For the foreseeable mm-hmm. future. Obviously, I, I for me, I think that um, this is probably just one element of the greater story of the MCU. I think we're going to get a much more like terrestrial and reality bound story. Sure, because there's the, the, the Thunderbolt Secret Avengers stuff yeah, undeniably going that. on in the background. I think there's all this. And my guess is we might even get sort of a third line of cosmic stuff happening. Mm. Um, with Guardians and, and that kind of stuff and Eternals. Marvel. But… Um, beyond that, yeah, I think I think this is pr- obviously pretty significant in the fact that they did it in um, sort of the first batch of TV shows is just crazy. Yeah. I, I I don't deny that. I think it's probably worth noting that this it is all still still theorizing at this point, though, because Jonathan yeah. Majors is only cast in Quantum Mania. We we have Tom Hiddleston cast in Doctor Strange two. Benedict cast in Spider-Man so we can kind of draw that dotted line connection. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. It, it is know. all conjecture, but it's conjecture that just got a lot more rock solid, I think. Certainly. Certainly. I just, I I have been burned by Mephisto theorizing before and I don't want to Mephisto myself into a Mephisto black hole. Yeah. Um, I don't want my super pump for the whole series to dilute our performance uh, in this specific episode because my super pump would be this thing that was equal parts Heath Ledger's Joker. We talked about this last night when we were together. Uh, Oh yeah, I guess we uh, should say this is the first time we're going into one of these having already discussed it because there's just no way we couldn't. Yeah, Podboys, we watched uh, for our movie tomorrow, we watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves together and to ask us to not say anything about… <laughs> Listen, you don't understand. That's One of the biggest episodes of TV in a long it's time. too hard. Yeah, it was yeah. impossible. Way too hard. But yeah, it was just this wonderful, weird grab bag of characters that we've seen before and a little bit of stuff we haven't seen before. Yeah. There were times when I was like… There, were, there was just little moments that I was like, is he overacting? I was like, no, I think this is exactly what this character is to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super pumped for the episode is is Jonathan Abrams. I think that was Majors. Majors. 
Jonathan Majors. I get it wrong every time. It's Isaac Abrams or Majors for me, guys. <laughs> Jonathan Majors is my super pump. Also, the really weird uh, cameo from Jonathan uh, John Adams. That was crazy. That's unbelievable. Every person. John, every John across all time for all Johns always was yeah, in for all Johns. The, all. Jonathan the, Majors is also my super pump. Yeah, the episode-specific uh, super pump yeah. is also Jonathan. Yeah. I mean, it has to be Jonathan Majors. Because it was mostly him, right? The episode is like mostly mostly Jonathan Majors. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it, he's so good. Um, I was enraptured by an apple. I was like, why does he keep eating them, man? <laughs> the old Put the apple. apple down. Put the apple down. Yeah. It's incredible. I loved it. Yep. So what do we... I mean, this is He Who Remains, Right in in the comics, he who remains is the guy who created this the TVA. Here in the MCU, they've sort of uh, done a mix him up and combined him with some version of Kang the Conqueror. Maybe this is Immortus. Maybe this is the MCU version of Immortus. I mean, it makes sense. He's in a castle at the end of time, but yeah, I think he who remains probably is what we'll call him. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with I'm comfortable with that. Since and that's that apple, I feel vernacular. like I like to think. You know, because he wasn't, it feels like he wasn't at the castle uh, when they were there. And then he comes up the elevator, you know, we hear the ding. I like to think he went back to uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, and just snagged him. He went, to, apple. he went to the actual Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah. went to the Garden of Eden. Got him, an a, got him a honey crisp. Do you think there's any Which, chance? And ultimately, like, would seal his fate, right? I think that's what's fun, too, is mm. like, historically, you take that apple and you're screwed. <laughs> So yeah, can we can we talk real quick about the scene I, where on, he cro- I was, hang on. I was about to say, do you think there's any chance he skidooed into the Bible like Blues Clues? And it would have been funny, good. but no, we can now go ahead. Very likely. Instead of he who remains, it's just he who skidooed. He who skidooed. You guys, did you guys ever play Husker Do? The board game. I, I don't know what that is. It's a board I think game. You made it up. No, it's a board game. You can That's look okay. it up. Uh, it's not very good. That sounds like a brand of jeans that they would sell for bigger teens. For thick young men. <laughs> Does it have a lot of corn? Husker deuce. <laughs> no, it's like, there's like a spinning wheel and like, it's like a matching game basically, but you spin, it doesn't matter. So, uh, the scene where he crosses the threshold beyond what he knows about mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. This is, this episode is at high, high, high risk for a, hey, that part in Die Hard was awesome. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, but that the scene where he crosses the threshold and just his realization of like, oh, that was it. I don't know anything beyond this. So yeah. good. So interesting. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm just, I am just buzzing after Loki. Like I'm just giddy. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. There really is. And I think... Some of the even some of the most shocking parts for me happen at the very end. Yeah. And I think we can talk more about that in a little bit. I do want to talk again though about our dynamic between our Lokis, between uh Sylvie and Loki, because I think that was also a really good scene. And I think that's gonna be uh not forgotten, but it's not the first thing sure. that we're recalling when we're talking about yeah. stuff. And it's not even something we mentioned last night, but their dynamic, I think, coming to a head at that point. Uh, was pretty special. I think uh, it was a testament to how well we had done with their character development and their re- re- uh, development as a relationship for them to still not fully trust each other uh, and keep fighting in that yeah. scene, fighting each other while while <laughs> uh, he who remains is just kind of watching. Um, 
and watching and scene. in awe in the background, it seems like he's just sort of like, because he has oh. no idea what's going to happen. Ooh, yeah. yeah, it's exciting it, for the yeah. first time. It legit feels like, it feels like Loki does really like Sylvie, right? Oh, I, I sure. don't think he was playing yeah, a game Yeah, I think he's being anymore. genuine. I think yeah. he was being genuine too. I and think then Sylvie she had really some very real reads. Yeah. Except yeah. they just had two different, they were on both, uh, two different sides of that decision that they yeah. were given. Uh, to which both made sense for them. So, so Tom and uh, Sophia are my series wide. They're a joint super pump. Tom Hiddleston because like I, it's not a surprise that Tom Hiddleston is a good actor. That I he's think awesome. That's probably, yeah. <laughs> probably the least spicy take that I could offer here in our Loki finale episode. Tom Hiddleston is a very good actor. Um, Interesting. He's a very good actor. He's very. He's good actor. really, really great. He does such a good job here. And Sofia Di Martino is somebody that I had absolutely never heard of before this show. Yeah. I think I had maybe never seen her face before in my life, mm-hmm. and she blew me away. She is so so good in this, and their chemistry with one another and the way that they react off of each other is really really good. Do you think there's potential in fandom for? the Sylvie-Loki relationship to be paramount in terms of what people are pulling for or invested in over Wanda and Vision. Hmm. Interesting. Because I was trying to think of relationships in the MCU. And the MCU, I think, uh, on a good level, doesn't do that so much. You know, we just had a Black Widow episode. And sometimes when it's like we bring in the maiden just to be saved, even when they're all heroes, you know, it's it's like a a gross thing in our mouth because they don't have to have that. But with like WandaVision and then now I think with Sylvie and Loki, there's some investment there. Uh, in any other relationship, it's like Cap and, and Agent Carter, but we don't really see them together yeah. very much. We just, you know? Know, and so, we just know they like each other. We just know. And that was such a sweet moment at the end of Endgame, right? For him to get that last dance and all that. But I'm like, is this who, is this who we're pulling for here? Hmm. Right. Is this the, the paramount relationship in the MCU? I don't know. Probably not yet, but I think it could be. Like I can imagine watching them in separate things, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were like there's a something where we only see Sylvie, or there's something where we only see Loki yeah. in either an episode or in a movie. And I I think because they've done so well, and a testament to your super pump for this series, Doge, uh, I think the collective conscience is going to hope that we see them both together. I think if you get one without the other, you're going to be like, oh, but yeah. I I want to see that chemistry. Again. I want to see. Where are they at? You know, I think there is no chance that we see them together before Loki season two. And I think there is every chance we see a whole lot of Tom Hiddleston between now and then. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. But I do think yeah. I do think there is something to be said for when when characters end up with such strong on-screen chemistry, you kind of can't help but hope that they're just kind of a package deal now. You know, I, I I get that for sure. I think that we, I think that we saw that with like um, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. Not that we hope they were a package deal, but like watching them interact and their egos get in the way of each other was always so fun Phenomenal. that it was like I let's mean, get it's more ho- of that. Hobbs and Shaw. It's Hobbs and Shaw. Yes, it's exactly. exactly Hobbs and Shaw. I want to see them on screen together in everything from now on. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to watch a documentary and see <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw pop up. <laughs> Man, Is it, a, would it be a rockumentary at that point? A like an mm. like a unwrapped style TV show w- from Food Network where Dwayne the yeah. Rock Johnson and Jason Statham go around and tell me about how all my favorite snack foods get made. 
Do you think um, they would un- unbox would some that. like Hatchimals on YouTube? Because that would be cool. <laughs> Maybe that would be great, man. That'd be phenomenal. I'm not sure what a Hatchimal is, but I bet so. <laughs> it was like the hottest Christmas toy of 2016. Okay. Yeah. For, okay. No doubt, dude. Google it. I dare you. I I'm not I'm saying right. you're a liar. I'm not saying you're a liar. As you're looking up Hatchimal here, Jordan, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about back uh, at headquarters at the TVA. Hmm. Um, I was. Hey, I hate these. I found Hatchimals and I hate them. Just if I. Yeah. What are they? No, they're they not. They look good. like like Furbies, but worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. Yeah, they look like Furbies, but worse. Uh, I was kind of a little bit let down at Mobius's attempt to burn it down. I, I really yeah. wanted him to go in there and do a lot, and then it was kind of like, uh, well, you know, Jonathan Majors is killing it right now, Owen, and we just have to give him another two minutes to just do what yes. he wants. Because Renslayer like uh, kicks him. That's, and that's then it's literally over. it. Yeah. Mobius has got, he feels like one of the top agents, especially to have that close of a relationship with the judge. Yeah. Uh, and and he, that just was like kind of nothing. Yeah. And to be honest, so here is my super dump for the series. Somehow we did not uh, navigate our time well enough to have three leads consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mobius falls off halfway. Yep. He's Big still time. there, but he is, he is, you know, we talk about the Sylvie Loki chemistry. It feels like it's a tale of, it's two stories because the first half of this was all about, I mean, there were articles being written about Owen Wilson as Mobius. Oh, dude. Yeah. And it fizzled, it really fizzled out for me. I, I didn't want to, but I was not allowed to care any more about him. Uh, than I did from episode three. Like I thought, yeah. you know, we had we had visions within our first couple of episodes of Loki that this maybe one of the last scenes was going to be Mobius on this jet ski or <laughs> something like that because, you know, it just felt like he was going to play such an integral part. And it's not saying he doesn't because he kind of helps be the catalyst for some of the things that Loki and he's and definitely still around. He'll be for in season sure. two. Yeah. Sure. But, I, but it's a it's Carter, kind of a my, reset. My super dump for the series is the underutilization of Mobius. Which is so weird because he was so so well utilized early. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it just is by by the about the series. second half of the season. It was really after was he got like, pruned. Like once he got pruned, it was like that's when his growth stopped, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's not even growth, it's just he's not around hardly. Like he's yeah. just kind of in the background of the rest of the show. And yeah. I, and that's tough because what do you do? Because well, if, and talk if, about chemistry, like we were saying, like yeah, yeah. they get, they they spoon fed us this mo- the most delicious chemistry in the first three episodes, and then they were like, you can't have any more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our actors a- absolutely killed it on this series because I'm thinking oh, yeah. of you know what would I have to sacrifice for Mo- Mobius, and if it's the episode right after he's pruned, it's like, well, our super de duper pump was Richard Grant, and sure, yeah. We needed to have way more time with him, and the time that we had with him was great. And yeah, it's tough. I think this is just the a testament to doing a really good job of casting. I think of the three MCU shows so far, um, I think this one had the most characters that I liked a lot and yeah. wanted to see more of. WandaVision had a ton, uh, but I think really there's only three to me. Uh, well, four. Four from me. Yeah, yeah, four. Um, WandaVision's then, characters sort of fell off towards the end, though. Yeah. Like the same thing that happened with 
Mobius, I think, happened with Monica Rambo. Yeah. yeah. Monica got That's her photon I, oh, powers my... and then disappeared out of the story. Yeah. yeah. That's why I had to go three, oh, wait, four, because of yeah. Monica Rambo. Because of, uh, I'm just thinking of Catherine Hahn and then yeah. uh, Wanda and Vision. But yeah, this, this had so many very interesting people that I hope to see more of. Uh, and we will. This was the first one in our uh, mid credit scene to say uh, season two. You know, yep. I think this is the only one that's officially for sure getting a second season yeah. so far. And we we pretty much called that because, yeah. you know, it's as if Nick Fury had a series. I would imagine that if there were TV shows at the beginning of of the MCU, Nick would have one. It's just this guy yeah. who is kind of parallel to the entire story and then he shoots over every now and then to be, hey, like, here's, here's actually what's going on, y'all. We need yeah. you over here, whatever. But yeah, I would imagine that there'll be more than two seasons of Loki. Personally. I, yeah. I, I mean, I could see it going for kind of as long as they need it to with mm-hmm. the way they've set it up. Could yeah, be Marvel's absolutely. Doctor Who. Mm. Interesting. The other interesting thing is uh, advertisements. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, so let's, uh, let's head to the... The corner of speculation, the dossier theories. Mm. The nook. The nook. Let's Take get over, look, let's get over to the nook. Theory nook. There's a lot to talk about. And, and um, first of all, I want to say that the scene of after he who remains gets stabbed and just kind of watching uh, both on the graphs everywhere and in real time, the timeline. It was just so stressful to see yeah. all these things <laughs> splitting. And they did a really good job of portraying that. Uh, and I really can't get hit that little castle area at the at the end of time out of my head. That was just so well done. I think Kintsuki is what you call when you have like it's a Asian… Uh, oh, when it's been broken and like when it's been glued broken back together and with gold, Glued right? back together with gold. Yeah, it felt yeah. like the entire castle was Kintsuki and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about Loki getting back. So we've got two branches here. Sylvie has remained at the end of time, correct? She is at the castle. Yeah, at the end of time. Yeah. Uh, As far as we know. And Loki is back at the TVA because Sylvie pushed him there after them sharing their first kiss. Yeah. Uh, And so. Don't you hate when that happens and you finally get to kiss your lover who is also an alternate dimension (laughs) version of you and then she pushes you through a portal? Oh, gosh, I hate it. Let's let's start with um, is there speculation for. Sylvie's role from here on? Um, do you have any speculations there or do we want to go straight to the TVA because Sylvie's is kind of like, I have no idea. Yeah, I really have no idea I don't either. about Sylvie. I mean, I I don't think that she stands a chance against a multitude of Kangs. So <laughs> I don't think it's looking very good for her down in Immortus's <laughs> castle, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, she, I, we know she has his Timpad wristband thing. Yeah, I, she still I has hope. That. Yeah, I like Sylvia a lot. I hope that she stabbed he who remains and then immediately bounced to somewhere else on some other timeline. 
She's arguably, from what we can see, again, the timeline has had infinite breaks at this point, but uh, she appears to be uh, one of the best at time travel that we've ever That's seen. That's true. She's yeah. got a history of doing that since she was, what, 11? Yeah. yeah. Um, so having the, what feels like the, like, uh, most expensive bougie temp ad in, <laughs> in the yeah. universe, too, I think she's become a quite more formidable in yeah. terms of that. This probably means she can do the stuff of uh, kind of moving and, and not getting hit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's like a Tim and a time caller, basically. Yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, back at the TVA, though, Loki comes to see Mobius to find that Mobius doesn't know who he is. In, yeah. in, a, in an episode that had a lot of um, jarring <laughs> realizations and things like that, this almost took the cake for me. I think the fact yeah. that these two... Uh, who had such sizzling chemistry yeah. uh, might have to start over, and that was that was sad and shocking. Uh, and what are the theories here? What's going on? So there's. there's so I'm not two. sure if this is. Oop. Oop. Oh no. Oop. Uh oh. Oh no. You I'll go, go fast because mine is short and easy. There, there's basically two theories that I have, and essentially one of them is he has gone to a different TVA in a different timeline. Um, that is, this one is run by a less than benevolent version of He Who Remains. This one, perhaps by a, a true king, um, a mean king, um, or that he has gone back to the same TVA, but the timeline is so screwed up that it has essentially reset itself. And this TVA is also, either way, from the statue, we know this one is run by a king who is not using the guise of timekeepers and. Um, things like that. This one is just sure, like, he's I'm more out in the open. And the TVA is mine. Yeah. Um, so whether this is the same one or a an alternate TVA, which I don't know if there can be alternate TVAs if it exists outside of timelines. So I don't know. Right. I would lean toward no. I think I've been thinking about that a lot. I think it feels like this is probably not an alternate TVA because there has always only ever been one TVA, mm. but there have always been multiple timelines contained within the sacred timeline. Like sure. the sacred timeline is sort of like, this bundle of cables of wires and each wire is its own timeline. And a timeline only gets pruned when something happens in that timeline that would lead to that variant being a threat to Kang. Right? I think this episode yeah. really gave us a lot of clarity around why people what a get nexus pruned. event is. Yeah. The nexus events are not these things that are just like going to break reality. They're events that would lead to something being a threat to Kang, whether it is Sylvie deciding... Uh, like when she's playing on the steps of Asgard, when she decides, oh, I'm going to fight the dragon. I'm going to be good when she's playing with her little ship. She's pretending to be a Valkyrie who are who are heroes like, uh, oh, what's her name? Is her name Valkyrie? Valkyrie. Yeah, she's pretending to be a Valkyrie like Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie. Uh, and so she's decided to be good. So that could be a threat to Kang. Loki uses the time stone to step out of his role in the timeline. So he becomes a threat to Kang. That's why they both get pruned. But yeah, I, so all that to say, I think it has to be the same TVA, right? But then something, you know, th since it's outside of time, the multiversal war has probably already happened and been won in the air quotes past of this TVA by this conquering king. Yeah. It makes my brain hurt. It's weird, right? Because now we're watching this and we don't, we don't know like when did this happen? you know, in, in relation to the rest of the MCU, because for Loki, 
it's been like a week, maybe two weeks since the events of Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. But this is all outside of time. So this could have happened. You know, we could have watched the entire MCU in the aftermath of this multiverse splitting off out of out of he who remains his control. Right. So that's interesting. I think that is something they're gonna have to untangle mm-hmm. in a way that maybe comics hasn't even ever done really well. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, that, but that's gonna at be the a same time, thing to I think we have to remember that like Marvel execs have sat in rooms for years having these exact conversations Certainly. going, how do we unpaint this corner right it's yeah, not like was, when they snapped thanos away they were like crap what do we do now yeah i we didn't think we were gonna get this far. oh i can't believe the avengers <laughs> won i think one of the encouraging things about the mcu is the same way that we might be encouraged about uh like david filoni's role in star wars sure right? yeah it's like it does feel like there's someone that can come in and uh take these things that weren't fully fleshed out or tried to and weren't so good and kind of rewrite it in a way that that pleases yeah. uh, those who understand canon and especially, you know, those that are kind of going through this and just love this universe. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah. I think it's so exciting. I think it does, there is a fear sometimes with, uh, there feels like a fine line between like clever and lazy. Hmm. Yeah, You know, when you do totally. something like this, I think if you can't untangle it, um, but you're really only just doing that so that we can bring Tom Hiddleston back, right? Which yeah. begins to not sound like something that Feige and the MCU crew would do. Um, but they've also done some things that we felt like had a lot more to do with real world obligations and contractual obligations that might not have been the best moves. Yeah. And they did them anyways. So uh, it'll be, yeah, this is a risky show. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense that it's uh, built around a character that is, uh, very much risky themselves. Well, I think so, in the kind of in the finale of this show, like in the finale of WandaVision, you can kind of pull like the curtains a little bit pulled back, and you can see the machinations of like yes, this has to be a show, but it also has to be a trailer for the next couple of years. Sure, yeah. Um, and that's going to be my super dump for the series is that Loki himself sort of took a back seat in the finale of his show. Um, I think we were talking over in Discord and and I've been talking to anyone who will listen about how uh, <laughs> this show sort of needed to present that final moment of choice for Loki where it's like you are, you're offered a throne, you're offered everything you've ever wanted, but you choose to turn it down. And we get that briefly. Yeah. Miss Minutes offers it to him and he immediately is just like, nope, I'm not interested in that. Which is less than a satisfying conclusion to his arc, I think. But it's because we had to make so much room in our script for Jonathan Majors to give us a, like like we said, a, a big monologue that was mostly expository dialogue that's, okay, here's what you need to know. This is what Marvel's about to do. And I loved it because I love Marvel and I'm excited about the future stuff. But ultimately, that's not a very good conclusion to our story because... Yeah. In the finale episode of a show, when you're when you know you're tying all these loose ends together and you're reaching the climax of your story, that's not the time to introduce, like to begin, to middle, and to end another story through dialogue in your episode. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm sort of torn between like, and I know if you've listened to our Black Widow episode, you're probably screaming at me because I I was saying I wish Black Widow had done more of this. And now I'm saying I wish Loki had done 
less of this, but that is such yeah. a, that is such a tricky needle to thread. For sure. Um, and I don't think Marvel's always done it well. And yeah. I don't know that they've done it well more than they've done it poorly. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah, seemed- that's just, I kind of walked away being like, man, I didn't really get very much Tom in this episode of his show. Yeah, mm. I feel like in in their history of bow tying, obviously the the massive amount in that library is movies because that's what they did for sure. a decade. Yeah, and it it seems to be a better platform, maybe in general, but definitely for the MCU to tie a bow on a story, and then also give us a little bit of like a here we go. And it used to just be Samuel L. Jackson showed up. That's all. It right. Had to be. That's true. That's, didn't I have think to that's say the anything. thing that works well is you do your post credits tease as like here's what could be next. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like you you reserve the space that you've allocated for your story to be only your story. Yeah. 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 Even something as simple as having uh, Steve Rogers shield in Tony's exactly lab. Yeah. You know, like you didn't have to say anything and then people get to freak out and do that zoom, zoom, zoom to where it's like <laughs> the, the worst pixelated image that's yeah. like Captain America. <laughs> uh, that That's one thing that I'll say uh, that I've enjoyed about the MCU is from the beginning, they were they were about that Easter egg moment. Yeah, I think. completely. From the very beginning, they were about the the bigger story. There was a consciousness that uh, that this one character that we introduced, Coney, Tony, Coney, Coney Stark, Coney Stark, Coney twenty twelve Stark, Coney twenty twelve Stark. That the Tony that we introduced at the beginning was part of a bigger world, and you didn't really have yeah. to be a Marvel fan to know that. Yeah. And so they've been giving us breadcrumbs and Easter eggs for. Hey, decades. this made me about a billion times more excited for what if. So. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think there's a great chance that we get some of these what if people in live action now in whatever. Sure. I, I'm willing to bet that we're building toward a Civil War style, Civil War scale movie that's mm-hmm. going to be Thunderbolts. Uh, the yeah. like basically the the government brand, the Walmart brand Avengers. Yeah. And then Versus they're going like to the new Avengers, you think? Yeah, probably. And then they'll end up teaming together uh, in the next big Avengers movie, which I am almost certain will be Secret War. It's probably going to be based off the 2015 comic event in which, for comics reasons, the multiverse was exploding. And so uh, we ended up creating this actual physical manifestation of the multiverses where each place, each like multiverse had its own geographical place. And then they fought it out for multiversal supremacy. Ultimately, it was an editorial decision to, to be able to fold in the ultimate universe into the 616 main comic universe. And I think that this is probably pretty similar. I think it is a narrative way around an editorial decision that said, hey, we own Hugh Jackman's Wolverine now. Figure yeah. out a way to get him in Avengers 5. Hey, so yeah. is Secret Wars, two, two questions here. Is Secret Wars the thing with, I know almost nothing about this. Is that the thing with the Beyonders? Um, so there's a couple of, there's secret war and there's secret wars. So hang on. Can I interject with something yeah. while you're looking that up? Um, for those that are worried or that it feels weird that we're going to possibly move someone from a cartoon plane to a real life plane and make that canon and a part of the MCU. There was an alligator I, in this one. So. Well, I was going to say… I was going to say it's it's the same it's under the same branch but on on the Disney Star Wars side for those of you that also loved Ahsoka being in Mandalorian uh that's the same thing 
So it's totally possible and it and it's been done well before. It's true. It's a good point. The Beyonders are heavily featured in the 1984 and 1985 Secret Wars, which is a different event from Secret War, which is a different event from 2015 Secret Wars. There you go. Comics, baby. Um, the Comics, other thing I was going to say is uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we started getting, um, not started getting as in like ongoing, but if we had a couple Avengers movies closer together, um, like w- within a couple years of each other, um, just because I feel like as they've got more avenues to tell their binding stories, we might get the major installments more frequently is my only thought process. Yeah. It seems like, uh, to me, it really seems like the direction they're going is that these, the movies are going to be reserved for like brand new hero introductions like Shang-Chi, like The Eternals. Right. And then some sort of team-up movie like Doctor Strange 2, like Spider-Man. But then every sort of individual story we're, we're kind of getting as a TV show, like with our Armor Wars show, with our Nick Fury show, with our Wakanda show, our She-Hulk show, our Hawkeye show. Those feel yeah. like a little bit more of the smaller scale stuff. And the movies are going to be the bigger, with the notable exception of Black Widow, the bigger, more like universe shattering stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. To end this episode, to end this season, mm-hmm. to end our Loki series. R.I.P., man. Uh, Jonathan Majors. Hey, you character. got it. I, it. It was hard. Did you hear how hard that was for me? <laughs> Jonathan Majors. Um, he mentions that there are several versions of him. He says, sometimes I'm called the Conqueror. You know, then he has lists off all these things. Uh, I want your name. And then I would like... Uh, for you to give me uh, who do you think either in history or currently existing is actually a, a king or, mm. or one of the he who he who remains mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Carter and uh, Jeff Bezos I was gonna say Jeff oh. Bezos sorry dang it is he still in space did he come back down did he go up I thought that was that wasn't Bezos that was uh, no Bezos is about to go no he's got a program virgin guy I know. Isn't Bezos going to be in the sky when this episode comes out? Oh, maybe. I don't know. When does Jeff Bezos go to... Wow, autocomplete. When does Jeff Bezos go to space? <laughs> Jeff Bezos. What's that guy's name? That went Jeff up? Bezos is going to space on July 20th. So I think he's I think he's up tomorrow. Branson. Richard Branson. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is going to space tomorrow. Maybe he'll stay there. I'm Doge. And in a twist nobody saw coming, Jonathan Majors himself is a variant of yep. King the Conqueror. So that was my Because he answer. decided that he's going to come in and conquer the Loki TV show and just take over the finale. So Jordan, we took your answers. You're left with nothing. Uh, for Two Chunks and Hong Kong, Jordan, and it's uh, Doge and Carter are King variants because they came and Ooh. wanted to alter the timeline by stealing everything I thought would be good to do. Mm. And they curb stomped all over my dreams of having good answers for this question. So now I'm left with simply the scraps. Um, Is it the scraps of my apple that I've been taking giant bites of and chewing with my mouth open? First of all, scrapple. Second of all, no.
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.